Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am your host for this week, Chris, and I'm joined by Welsh Wonders, Gav. Hello. And Luke. Hello. I'm flanked by the Welsh and I don't know if I like it. Yeah, that's probably worrying for you. It Uh, happens. How are you doing, fellas? Very well, thank you. Fantastic, actually, as it goes. Uh, Luke's still doing the feedback, so... With my little highlighter. I won't talk to him for the next <laughs> two minutes. It's fine. I, I, we know That's where fine. we're starting today. Luckily, the opening topic yeah. barely involves you, Luke. It's true. To begin mm. with. Uh, Gav, have you been up to anything exciting this week? Very exciting, actually. Mm. Uh, along with your good self, we went to see Interstellar live at the Royal Albert Hall with the Philharmonic o- Orchestra... And hands, well, there was everyone was there. Everyone it was, was amazing. There. Who was there, Gav? I wasn't there, was I? You weren't. No. Luke Kamali was not there. No. But in his place, they invited Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, Christopher Nolan. Yep. Michael Caine. Aware of his work. Jessica Chastain was there, though not on stage. Didn't see her. Lovely, lovely lady. So there were some movie people, then yep. some science people. Kip Thorne, who worked as one of the science men on the film. Genius. Uh, Brian Cox. Genius. And Fine. Stephen Hawking. Bloody genius. <laughs> what is Double, going on? Double genius. Uh, yeah, Hawking came out yeah. and introduced them. That was kind mm. of awkward. Like, it was just he was kind of there for show, wasn't he, almost? It was kind of awkward, but I mean, it was. I've, I've never seen Stephen Hawking live before, <laughs> so it was. It was like it was amazing to see him there. Like he's, you know, to yeah, actually yeah. Was, see Stephen Hawking was pretty amazing. No, I mean the whole Royal Albert Hall pretty much gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. Which, I thought was a bit unfair. Why? But he, he can't. That's um, no. no. But um, <laughs> he 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 did an introduction, and then yeah. we had like a forty-five minute talk about science with uh, Coxie. Um, yeah. Hosted it. Yeah. And then it was it was it was Thorne, Nolan, and Zimmer talking yeah. about science and music, and it was interesting. They were talking about the fact that obviously he's collaborated Nolan's collaborated with Zimmer quite a lot yeah. and that as they get really far into the film Zimmer starts getting involved with the making of the movie and, and yeah. Nolan starts getting involved with the the music yeah. because they kind of look from each other's points of view which I thought yeah. was really interesting like, or was that was that Zimmer just tooting his own trumpet yeah, for me the, having because obviously it was a musical thing so mm. like the Royal uh, Philharmonic Orchestra were there I think is that who was I'm not sure it was, was the Philharmonic it could be know, a right. symphonic symphonic it was um, it was the orchestra a lot of the orchestra though uh, were, are on the record or on the soundtrack mm. they right, recorded okay, yeah. the, the soundtrack originally did you say Brian Cox was hosting it yeah he was yeah. well I'm glad I didn't go why because I find him smug and I do not enjoy his work Oh, well. He asked some great questions. Though. Yeah. Um, so for, <laughs> for me, having Zimmer there was actually a bit weird because it was like this science talk, but they, obviously they, we we're about to see a live score. And it was like, they'd get really into the science and then Brian Cox would be like, so how did that affect doing the music? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was slightly awkward. The, yeah. um, when it got into the the quite heavy science chat, I'll <laughs> yeah. be honest, I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. When Kip Thorne was putting up these um, slides, he did yeah. a PowerPoint in the role. It was amazing, hall, yeah. And he, he did a diagram of a scene towards the end of the film uh, involving kind of a couple of rooms, which I went go into details with yeah. but I didn't know what he was talking about with that diagram I tried to keep up and my girlfriend really did so I had her try and explain to me on the way home and I still didn't get it <laughs> the, fifth, um, the fifth bloody dimension it was, it was like but what was the really interesting dimension. about that what was really interesting about that though is uh, Kip Thorne said that uh, he read the script and came to the script and was like oh that could never happen because oh hang on a minute maybe it could and then he went away and he was like yeah, I wrote an entire book on it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of he, he had to prove oh Nolan's yeah. theory um, yeah, but it was it was really interesting. They're all such smart people. Like yeah. you just felt like you're in the presence of greatness. Yeah. And then and then the music Which started. Was just amazing, yeah. Yeah, it was it was quite something. A sixty piece orchestra. Yeah. Uh, and of course, so much of the music in the film is based around an organ. And so they had a, a guy playing the organ, and it was just the sound of that. Yeah. In the Royal Albert Hall, especially in a couple of the um, kind of action scenes in space, where yeah. man, it just nearly blew the roof off the place. I thought. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good. I think one. Of, I think the story. One of the stories that I had that they, they talked about as well was I think uh, Noel hadn't even written the script yet, or just written the script, and went to Hans Zimmer with this idea, and Zimmer went away and wrote this like tiny bit of music, and then after that, 
uh, Nolan said, "Oh well, I better go make the film then." Yeah, so that was a really cool. And story, he made yeah. it quite personal for 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 Zimmer, I think, yeah. because his son wants to be a scientist, mm. oh. and it's so much about sort of fathers and sons, and yeah. he's got a daughter as well. I think he, he he said he found it all very personal. But did you did you kind of forget that the music was playing at any point? I for, yeah, a couple of times live. I forgot that they were there. Yeah, and I kept looking down. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's actually live, isn't it?" Because it's just so amazing and it sounds incredible in there as well. But yeah, I did forget a couple of times. And go, what are they doing down there? Oh yeah, that's right. They're playing the music. And do you think it made you see the film in a different light? I don't think so because I think um, I saw. I've seen it at IMAX, and you know the sound is pretty incredible there as well. I don't think it made me see it in a different light. The only thing that I did notice, and I think they talked about this in the talk, and I think that's probably why I noticed it, is that. When they're on Earth, they use uh, they're using. When they're on Earth, they're using all of the organ stuff. And when they go to space, it's mostly piano. Like mm. there are there are some organ stuff using the thing, but it's mostly piano in there. Interesting. Yeah, which I did, I hadn't noticed before. But actually, yeah, when you do it, like it's a lot quieter in space than yeah. it is like on Earth. Which yeah, is interesting. It is, it is quite quiet in space. It's pretty quiet in space. Um, now, yeah. I, I actually like the film better. Nothing to do with the orchestra the second time. Because when I wasn't trying to keep up with the plot and try and understand what was happening, yeah. and just spent the film watching the relationship between the characters, yeah. I really liked it. Like I found it I found it more moving the second time round. When I kind of I guess kind of when you know what's coming. Yeah, maybe. The only thing that was a little bit I think the sound in the Royal Abbey Hall is amazing and the music sounded incredible, but I think the actual voice, some of the dialogue got lost now and again. No, I agree, and that's what I mean um, that was it was good that you, we'd seen it once before. Yeah. Cuz yeah, my girlfriend hadn't seen it and there's a couple of times right. where she like there was a, a bit about um the three planets with the three people on it. She that, that she yeah. didn't even get that at all. No, the the, um, the 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 actual dialogue was very hard to hear. Yeah, but I mean, you sort of yeah. I think you make sort of allowances for that because there's a sure. amazing orchestra. One of the coolest things though was the way like there's so much percussion in there, but there's no drums or anything. All mm. the percussion is done on other instruments. So you'd have like the cellist sort of like just like tapping the wood on his thing or like the like trombonist like like tapping his thing. Yeah, yeah at first I just thought they were rubbish because it looked like they were just banging their <laughs> instrument incorrectly. You, you don't know how to play it, <laughs> do you, mate? Well, I could do that. Yeah. So we thought we'd have a little chat to kick mm. off with um, kind of live screenings and events, games, movies, TV that you've been to. So Luke, have you been to any ones that are particularly memorable? Yeah, I mean, I was I was chatting with Krupa about this because at first I couldn't remember. In linking into your music, mm. um, I guess um, when I saw the London Philharmonic and the, well, the Royal Philharmonic at um, Abbey Road. I've talked about this before. When they were uh, Nobuo Imatsu, who is the guy who does all the Final Fantasy music, when he yeah. was re-recording an album, um, that was, I think, like tail end of last year, start of this year, and that was that was great. Like that was ridiculous. Um, so I think that was that was special for me, just because he was again. It was playing songs from Final Fantasy X, which I love. Um, but then in terms of actual proper event, I guess. Um, we did an event ages ago when Sony launched The Last of Us the first time where we were in a warehouse in uh, like Shoreditch and all of us went down there and we were all kind of involved in various different ways. And, you know, we just kind of, we'd posters from the from the game, like, you know, the one with the wolf, you know what I'm on about. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and the like, propaganda posters. Yeah, the propaganda stuff, posters yeah. up on the wall and stuff. Mm. And we just kind of transformed it into like a derelict abandoned warehouse. You know, um, it was kind of part of a deal we're done with Sony. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great. So that was kind of like a event. It was because it's like promenade theatre, you know, like punch drunk theatre do a lot of that kind of stuff. Okay, and right. it was very much like that. And just wandering around and it was a chance to give lots of community members who liked Sony a chance to go hands on with the game. But it just looked so awesome. it was just it wasn't really a live thing. It was just in a warehouse with some posters up. Well, no, because I'd rather play the game. That sounded shit. I know it was really good. <laughs> it was amazing. Like um, just because, you know, we do so many things where we go to events and, you know, you sit in a room with your, your headphones on, just playing a game for a bit, and then you walk away and turn off. And also... I have absolutely no problem with but that. But this is exactly my point. We're too jaded. We're too jaded because we do this, and it's so kind of like, oh, I've got to go play another game now. Whereas you I'm actually, not jaded at all. I love going to play games, but I like to go play games in the same environment that other no, people are going to be playing them. I, well, this was a community event anyway, so it was nice just seeing... Pulling uh, the wool over their eyes with propaganda posters. A lot of them enjoying themselves. Mm. It's just quite nice. So that was quite fun. And... Um, I think they're kind of the main events that I've been to. I haven't been to any kind of, uh, you know, like you say, um, you know, screenings where, where there's an orchestra. I went yeah. to, ba uh, to ballet last week, saw, <laughs> Swan, saw Swan Lake. 
was I've, good. I've seen the orchestra, I think the Philharmonic perform uh, at the Zelda 25th anniversary. That mm. was amazing. Yeah. Um, because it's coming back, isn't it? Symphony of the Goddess. Yeah, I think so. And I, there's a Pokemon one now as well. Oh, really? Symphonic Evolutions. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. But I think I enjoyed this a little bit more because there's something going on all the time. So you're not just watching and enjoying the music. It was part of something else. It's part of like the movie. Mm. I really enjoyed that because I've seen like that same orchestra do like the best of John Williams before. Mm. And even though that is really really good, it's, like there was nothing on the screen. I kind of mm. think I wish there was a bit of this film playing now. Yeah, I got duped. I got duped by doing something like that. It was a few years ago. Actually, I'll tell you what. It was five years ago because it was during the World Cup, yeah. the last but one. And I think it was as part of Meltdown on the okay. South Bank and Massive Attack were uh, curating and it was them doing the Blade Runner music live mm. to the movie. So I went down all excited, little realising that it wasn't exactly that because they weren't playing the movie. It was right. just Massive Attack reinterpreting some of the music from Blade Runner. Okay. Uh, and I know I'm supposed to like it, but I don't really love the soundtrack to Blade Runner. So I was just like, oh, this is a bit, I'm a bit bored. I don't really yeah. like these tunes. I want to see the film. Was nothing, there was nothing on screens or anything like no, that? No, they had the odd bit, bit and pe- you know, okay. bits from the film, but it was, um, I left at half time, if I'm honest. Yeah. I went and watched some football somewhere else. <laughs> but I did see Guy Garvey on the way out and said hello to him. Oh, there we are then. He was smoking a fag. Because he, he'd, sung, he'd sung in the first half. Yeah. Uh, have you guys been to any secret cinema events? Yeah. So what, we, you, I went to the Back to the Future one last year. And what um, did you think? It was amazing. It was brilliant. Like I've been to a couple of like smaller ones. I saw like one floor of the cuckoo's nest yep. in like a little prison that was really small. Um, and I saw the Warriors actually. The Warriors was a big one, but that was in a like a big fairground, basically in a field. But the Back to the Future one was just insane. We've talked about it on the podcast before a little bit, but yeah, that was just mental. Your, yeah, you went right. It's your oh, favorite film. It's my you favorite film, and it was brilliant. I mean. I think I was there on the very first night. It actually worked. Oh, wow, so okay. you know, we will kind of you know. Obviously, we, I know a lot of our listeners had tickets and didn't get to go because they screwed up the first yeah. week. So that was a bit heartbreaking. Yeah. But once it was up and running, it was fantastic. Like they they, they really Incredible. put in such a good. Yeah. They've done such a good job on it. I thought I really felt part of it. You yeah, know? definitely. To the fact that they're doing it at uh, the Royal Albert Hall very soon. Actually, with um, the Philharmonic Orchestra doing the the score live. Really, that will be gonna, good. I, well, I'm not going to go though because I feel like I've had such an amazing Back <clears throat> to the Future experience. Yeah. I don't think it'll be better than that. Yeah, I saw I've seen, uh, the same year, so last year, I saw Back to the Future in a drive through cinema as well, and it was hammering down with rain. So right at the end, where it's hammering down with rain in the actual movie, it was hammering down on the car as well. Like that was that was really cool to watch. Do you think secret cinema is a good idea? It's yeah. amazing. Have you been? I've never been. You don't think it's that good idea then? Well, I do think, I do think, it's, it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's, it's, it's usually quite pricey. And yeah. obviously, certainly when I was thinking about going, um, I, they now seem to become a bit more loose about whether they let you know what the film is or what have you. Because I swear back in the day, yeah. it used no. to be very much like, no, you're not yeah. doing what it is. They yeah. changed um, the policy. It's called, it's called Secret Cinema Presents. So uh, I think they still do some secret ones, yeah. but this is like a lot more... See, this was my thing. Because originally back then, I was just kind of like, oh, what if it's a film that I really don't like? Or yeah. really don't know? I, so, you know, the, they did, you know, the Star Wars ones and stuff like that. I yeah. would have got, you know, I'd go to them because that's awesome. But... Um, yeah, because it's such a big kind of down payment as well. I yeah. didn't want to go, especially because a lot of these films I haven't seen. Like I yeah. remember they did, um, I think they did Blade Runner or something, and everyone's like, "Oh, it was amazing! They've got all this stuff from the film." And I'd be like, "Completely lost on me. I haven't seen the film." Like what? Like you know? Yeah, but that doesn't matter because it's pretty cool. Like with Alien, yeah. if you hadn't seen Alien, they turned a nightclub into a spaceship, and yeah, you're in a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty that. cool wandering around a spaceship. The only, I, yeah. I went to the very first one actually, what was Paranoid the Park. One? It was. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah an indie film and it was just like a couple of blokes on skateboards and someone mm. as a security guard and they did it in the arches at London Bridge yeah. so it's amazing seeing it grow like I did the yeah. Shawshank one yeah. which oh, was wow. a bit too intense actually they treated you like a, a prisoner I, uh, yeah, I, think that's, I actually that didn't enjoy it uh, I mix up my, the Cuckoo's Nest one and the Shawshank one. Did you go to? Yeah, I've been to both, but I don't know. I'm, they're both the same <laughs> one in my head, in my head now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that there's like there was people going around like slamming you in. Yeah, the thing, I, and you I, actually I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I couldn't relax. Like I was on edge for the whole night. <laughs> um, but uh, the only one that I went to the secret that was ended up being a rubbish one was uh, Lawrence of Arabia because it's not the kind of film I want to watch. Like in that kind of environment, but it's also not the kind of film that I want to watch sitting on a concrete floor. No, yeah, it's I a agree. very long That's film. Quite a long I agree. Alien yeah. was on a concrete floor as well, mm. and Shawshank it was uncomfortable chairs, wasn't it? Mm. Um, 
Yeah, we, we actually helped organise one once. We did it. We joined up with them to do one for Rock and Roller, the Guy mm. Ritchie film. Oh, really? And all I remember from that night is I, I high-fived super hands from Peep Show. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. Yeah. But probably the most fun one I did, it was they did, uh, did you see, what's it called? The Am, the Anvil documentary. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know, the rock band Anvil? Yeah. Amazing documentary about this band who never quite made it. They oh, were yeah. so close and it just kept screwing up. And this is like 20 years on. They're all mm. old men trying to get back together. Oh, and the, the, the screening was, the, the documentary is great, really good fun. And really quite moving and then at the end the lights came down and then just up in the balcony you could hear this guitar solo and the dude from Anvil yeah. was there and they oh, did a that's gig. pretty cool and the that's people amazing. the people the whole place just kicked off mm. um, yeah any others I saw I saw I saw them do last year Danny Elfman and Tim Burton do all the Tim Burton music live oh, at the wow. Royal oh, Albert nice. Hall yeah that was good and, and Helena Bonham Carter came out and sang oh what she sing? Not that good a singer. <laughs> Song from like Corpse Bride and something from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And, she's not very um, good. She's all right. Wasn't oh. she, she was Mrs. Lovett in Sweeney Todd though, wasn't she? She was just, yeah, she's no just one's more really kind singing of a, in that though. She was just kind of adorable to so come on stage and she looked really nervous. Do you think it was her idea? She's like, no, I'm, I'm singing. It's like, <laughs> oh, Helen, you're, you're not. We have to do it together. That's the rule. Yeah, <laughs> you're not that great singer. Well, I'm doing it definitely now. <laughs> yeah. Any other good ones? I don't think so. Um, I mean, no. I mentioned Punch Drunk, but that's kind of, that's more theatery. Well, that's the thing, because there's a lot of Punch Drunk type stuff where yeah. there's like little quests and stuff at the Back to the Future thing. So, so people who yeah. don't know about Punch Drunk, basically um, it's a theatre company. They take over a, a space and it's promenade theatre. So you go in and basically the entire performance takes place over various different floors, various different rooms. If you're in the right place at the right time, well done. Um, but stuff's happening simultaneously as well. So you're never going to see the entire stuff, the yeah. entire performance. Um, but my first one, I think, was the Mask of the Red Death I went to. And there was a massive ball going on um, and loads of people in fantastic masks and everything. Or so I hear, I was four floors up wandering alone through a cornfield um, of a warehouse. So I was like, well, just, you, it's Cock just it not, up. I just don't, I just don't do well yeah. in these scenarios. Is it so. better or worse than Bum Bum Train? I don't know what Bum Bum Train is. Ah. Yeah. I never did it. A friend of mine was in it. Yeah, I know people that are in it, yeah. but I don't. I've never really asked them what happens because I don't want to know. Because yeah. in case I go, what is Bum Bum Train? Google it. Google, Google Bum Bum. I'm yeah. not going to Google <laughs> Bum Bum Train. No, but it's like Fight Club. Like you're not supposed to know anything yeah, about yeah. it. It's, okay. all, it's a big secret. Well, thank mm. goodness we haven't mentioned it on the podcast. No, everyone. I want everyone to Google it. And equally, tell us what live events you've gone to that you've liked. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the email address is ignukfeedback at ign.com. IGN underscore ukfeedback at ign.com. We've got to fix that. What he said, not what I said. Yeah, yeah. IGN underscore ukfeedback at ign.com. We've been working to fix it for a while, but it's one of these things. It'll, it'll happen, mm. okay. probably. Moving on, has anything cool happened this week? Yes, Luke. now, controversial. Why is this in the cool thing? Yes, I knew you'd say this, mon ami. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Zelda on the Wii U has been delayed. To 2016. I that's, that's not cool. I think it is cool. Why? Because the the explanation given by Anuma was like, we finally actually kind of realised what it means. For the first time, we've experienced what it's like to have Zelda in a purely open world. And he's like, and our minds have just been blown. There's so much we can do. We're not going to rush this out. We are going to nail this. Mm. Um, and I think that's awesome because rather than, and this is Nintendo to a T, they never kind of succumb to the pressure. They're never like, oh, we must hit the deadline. We must turn the Wii U around now. Yeah. They really want to make sure that this is, you know, the ultimate Zelda game. Um, and by all accounts, it's kind of sounding like it might be the swan song for the Wii U because now obviously they announced the NX. Yeah, but nobody knows what the NX is. No, but they're not going to talk about that till next year properly. And that's when, that's the earliest we'll be seeing Zelda. So I would be absolutely amazed if... But nobody knows if NX is a console or anything like that. Yeah. It's a, it's it's ma- a platform. It, they've announced it... Well, they've announced it as a, as a hardware type thing. So they, you think it's good because it means it's going to come on at NX? I don't know. I think it will come out on Wii U. I think there'd be people would be seriously peeved seeing as they did promise. But I wouldn't be amazed, surprised if we saw something like a Twilight Princess scenario where it straddled mm. in a very... Is, it, is this not bad news for Nintendo, like, and their shareholders and the company as a whole? <clears throat> no, because, well... What else they got coming out this year? Just like, just like for this year, like, financially, surely Zelda, a new Zelda would well, sell a lot and also sell some Wii U. So I'm going well. to kind of show you behind the curtain here, but we're recording... There's a Nintendo Direct due tonight. Right. Um, ah. That has suddenly been announced out of nowhere. Um, and they're doing it on April Fool's Day, so clearly they must be like... Oh, we need to show them something. But, you know, this Star Fox that they've still been mustering about and stuff. A lot that, of people talking about possibly Paper Mario as well. Exactly. Um, the there's rumor. meant to be mustering some new Paper Mario. Mm. The 3DS continues to do extremely well. I think that it's one of these things 
the Wii U, it's not dead in the water. It's it's doing all right. There's it's got a strong enough back catalogue. Why rush out Zelda now? Because it would just do. You know, people have been waiting for this for so long. I think delaying it an extra year. Get out. Get nah, out, man. Nah. I think delaying it an extra year and also making sure that it is it really makes the most of it. Because mm. it's like that you, Guns N' Roses album that yeah. never came out <laughs> but like like a, ten years a later. Probably open world Zelda. That would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's good. So. That's why I wanted this year. Yeah, it is good, which is why it's in the cool <coughs> things that happened to Luke this week. Mm. Um, I don't know if I agree with that one. Well, I'm putting it in there. So, what yeah. else we got? I had a nice thing happen. Okay. Yeah. I talked to a very, very old man. <laughs> so while you were feeding the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Blade Runner is being released this week by the BFI. Yeah. Uh, the final cut of Blade Runner. And uh, I spoke to them because I really wanted to oh, do God, something yeah. around it and didn't know what and said, is anyone available for interview? And they had a producer <laughs> called Michael Dealey. So I kind of Googled Michael Dealey to try and see what else he'd done. I remember this. And I saw that he hadn't done a film since 1991. I thought, that's strange. And then I looked at his age. He's been 83. <laughs> Does he live so in London? Uh, no, he lives in Santa Barbara. They flew him over just for your uh, interview. He, he comes over a couple of times a year. Oh, right, okay. And so it was kind <laughs> yeah, of... come on, it's like, we're not that. <laughs> so like, the time was great. right, so I wasn't sure whether to do it or not, but I thought, sod it, like, this guy is... Like, he'd, he'd been involved with some amazing films like uh, The Deer Hunter. Wow. Uh, the Man Who Fell to Earth. Amazing. Uh, the Italian Job he produced. Uh, the original, obviously. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he came in and he was just great, just such a lovely man and just great stories. We, we talked about Blade Runner for about half an hour, yeah. uh, which Rich is obviously going to edit and have on the site by the time this podcast goes live. I'm not sure why he's sitting in there look, listening to us. We should be working <laughs> on it. Um, and we talked about uh, other films he'd done. We talked about David Bowie being on drugs and looking like an alien when he made Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah. Talked about the Americans not getting and hating the Italian job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and just fun stuff about Blade Runner as well, like... Um, the fact that the, the fights that happened on set between uh, the British crew and the American crew. Yeah. Really? Yeah, R Ridley Scott uh, had kind of said that he liked British crews better than American crews in a UK paper. And then someone had it in America when he was over there and the crew saw it. And so they all made, had T-shirts made up basically slating him. Uh, okay, and the right. British crew had T-shirts <clears throat> made up slating them. And, yeah. Oh, my God. And, good. and of course, the most famous... Um, speech in the movie at the end uh, Rutger Hauer's yeah. uh, speech he said that that was totally improvised by Rutger Hauer no way yeah which is I didn't know that yeah yeah that's wicked uh, so yeah lots of good stories and, and like an opportunity to see Blade Runner again because yeah. I don't know I'm getting more and more nervous with this sequel supposedly going into production very soon mm. uh, and he didn't seem very impressed mm. that they really? were making a sequel is, Har no. is Harrison Ford in the sequel no he will yeah, be yeah. yeah they said he's going to come in towards the end of the movie well he's not doing well at the moment is he he keeps but, but yeah. this guy said he'd, dying he'd rather not have two movies with the title Blade Runner in them. He said, I just don't think there needs to be another one. And equally, yeah. he said that if it's worth doing, why isn't Ridley directing it? Because Scott's producing it, yeah. but he's not directing. And he's like, I don't understand. If it's worth doing a sequel, why wouldn't he do it? I guess so. I don't know. So yeah, after the, um, after the Prometheus yeah. debacle, <laughs> and they, they're moving that into production. I don't know, have you seen Blade Runner? No. I've seen Prometheus, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a great choice, haven't I? I've seen. Go watch it. And I, I actually only saw the Alien films so I could see Prometheus and hope it made sense. Um, <laughs> no, nope. didn't I, help. Are you a fan of Blade Runner? I love Blade Runner. Yeah, but I don't now. I'm, I was trying to show it to my girlfriend the other day, but I didn't know if I should wait to go watch the final cut or what cut shall I show her? The final cut's out. Okay. Like it actually came out about 10, 12 years ago. This is mm. just a re-release with a, right. like a cleaned up print. Yeah, that's definitely the version to watch. Okay, awesome. Because um, I think sooner or later you and I are going to do a video about the yeah. different cuts. But yeah, that's the one. It's just, it's all these little iterations, but you want certain scenes in it and you want the voiceover gone yeah. and, and the ending cut off right uh, so it's a, a less happy ending than the okay. one that was originally released and it's all there yeah yeah. it was Total Recall that they re-released with Colin Farrell in right? that's right yeah uh, they remade they yeah. remade yeah they didn't re-release it <laughs> just superimposed his head on <laughs> cut him out yeah. <laughs> awesome okay cool awesome um, so the other cool thing that was announced I think uh, which I can just see are you going to agree with me yeah, on this is awesome yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so The Witcher 3 is apparently going to take over 200 hours to do everything. Yeah. I think that's quality. It's amazing, yeah. We um, we played quite a lot of it the other day, um, and there'll be more on the site about it. But it was I saw this tweet yesterday, so one of the developer tweeted. Mm. Somebody just tweeted him, just a normal person tweeted him, going, how long is it going to be? And he's tweeting him back, going, uh, 200 hours if you do everything? There's um, a depressing amount of, like, how that's my job done. Like, I yeah. just look at developers like, oh, who's tweeted them today? Yeah. So, there you go. It's, so it's, that's... 
eight days. If you, you do everything. Could you sit? I think, I think someone in the office should sit down for eight days, no sleep. We could bring them food and drink I'll and just review. do everything and see if, see if yeah. they die or not. Well, we, and we'll we, video it. Yeah, we played about six hours of it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's massive to the point where, so we had a developer play some later stuff for us. And it, so we did this mission. Uh, we went back to sort of like the pub, sat in the pub. Some and it, what happens quite a lot of times is like some guys will come into the pub, something will happen. You have the choice of getting involved or you can just leave it. Um, some guys came in, asked a question, and it, the choice was like either like they they, they were basically starting a fight. You can mm. either get involved or you can stop it, but you can stop it without violence. You can stop it with violence. So I was like, it was the end of the day. I said, yeah, kick his ass. Like, <laughs> they, so he killed him, kills one guy. He, as, and then you're like, okay, fine, that's the end of that. You collect some stuff. As you walk out, the guy who, who just died, his dad's standing outside uh, with like some police going, he killed he kill my son, arrest him. And you're like, okay, now you're gonna have to kill these. No, they arrest you, take you back, and then you're in prison. Now you're in prison, and then you've got to get a quest to get out of prison. When you get out of prison, that opens up another like line of like loads of different quests that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't got involved in that fight. You'd never have seen that if I didn't go, if I just wasn't being a dick. <laughs> The, wow. game, the game is massive. A lesson for life. Yeah, there, yeah. I think. Is that not intimidating or off-putting when it's Ridiculously that big? Ridiculously so, yeah. But it's kind of like, so, I mean, it's, it's the Skyrim effect, right? It's huge. There's so yeah. much to do. It's stressful. But, but this that's kind of the difference, because a lot of, I mean, you've obviously played more of The Witch than I. The thing mm. about Skyrim is, a lot of it is make your own adventure, right? You yeah. know, you're very much like, uh, I, you know, you wander around the world, you find a dungeon, you want to go in there and yeah. what have you. What you just said, you know, a lot more branching quests. There's kind of some I don't know, ambient quests, I guess, is yeah. how I'd describe it. Not very well in Skyrim, where sometimes things pop up. Yeah. Is there much more kind of branching choices and stuff loads. like that? Loads, absolutely loads, yeah. yeah. And I think it, you won't have to make your own fun because there's just so much there. They outlined like a huge sort of plan for the game for us because it's the last game that they're making in the sort of Witcher series. Yeah. They outlined their plan for it. It's mental. And if you're a Witcher fan, like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And on you. top of that, there's, uh, what, 16 free pieces of DLC coming? Mad. Like, Absolutely free, mad. Free DLC. Yeah. So, like, well they done, Witcher. They showed Doing us what games, games, like, how they're meant to be done. Yeah, they showed us the entire map, and, like, I generally got stressed <laughs> l- looking at it, just thinking, like... Because I almost thought yeah. I don't want to play it, because I, I've got a tiny bit of OCD, and I think if I play it, I have to play it, like, lots. Yeah. To do it. And that's why I didn't go into Far Cry, because there's... I, well... And like yeah. Assassin's Creed, I've got to do everything everywhere. Screwed up. I can't yeah. do it. I'm like Kilby. Uh, we also had a couple of trailers drop this week. Yep. The new, the big new, the third Mad Max trailer. Yeah, I'm not watching it. Have you Have you watched it? Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. no. I don't want to. Like, I, I love the first two trailers; they were amazing. But I don't want to watch a third one. I don't want to watch a third trailer for something I'm going to see in what yeah. like a month. See, this is it's, why I watched the Bond one just because. First one's amazing, yeah. But yeah, what do you think of the Bond teaser then? We'll move on from the Mad Max trailer. <laughs> Swiftly. It went so well. It's all right, though. It's all right. Um, I thought it was amazing. The we did, Bond, a, we the did Bond a teaser. We did a rewind theater on it, and for such a like a small amount of time, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Yeah, in fact, there were 007 revealing moments in it, wasn't it? Amazing. There? Yeah. It's a good name for a video that no one, no one seems to have watched. Glad we slaved over that one. Um, but yeah, oh. it was it was good because the producer. We did a set visit last week, and the producer Michael. Wilson said that it was designed to be a puzzle the yeah. trailer that you could mm. kind of figure out and I think I think we figured out most of it I mean some things were obvious but other yeah. things you kind of had to read between the lines or do your research yeah. but yeah it feels <laughs> like we're starting to get a handle on what the story will be I can't wait for it yeah and I, I just like the fact that it's kind of really delving into Bond's past yeah. in quite an interesting way because very rarely did they do that in the movies there's yeah. so much of it in the books Yeah. but in the especially you know the, the original movies it was just you know on to the next adventure yeah. you know shag shoot move on <laughs> yeah um, so my life it's really interesting though trying to <laughs> trying to understand right. the psychology of the guy you yeah. know I, I'm, I'm really interested for him like usually I don't really care about Bond but Daniel Craig's one that I really really like yeah. especially Skyfall I just thought was amazing and I like you know I think the films work best when the the villain is, is likeable yeah and <clears throat> Christoph Waltz is it just only plays likeable villains. Yeah. Like, kind of like so, really rooting for him in a weird way. He's, he's so good at it that I think, yeah, I'm, 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 it's got me, it's got when, me suitably jazzed. When is it out? I believe it's October in the UK yeah. and then November in the States. I think, yeah, I think right. that one we're getting a couple of weeks before the States. Wow. Yeah, okay. but it always comes yeah. out early in the UK. Yeah. So that is exciting. I'm super excited for that. Yes. Uh, anything else weird that you want to do now, Gav? <laughs> There's no. a, another cool thing that's happened this week is we got sent 
this drone. Hold which down, yeah. We haven't really figured out what we can do with it. So we thought we'd film an extra bit for the podcast. So you might not even hear this uh, on the podcast. Yeah, if, they've, if you edit it out, though, they're not going to hear that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm really <laughs> living in we're going, fear. We're going down a hole here. So Rich is going <laughs> to take it around the studio yeah. for us. I'm going to put it on the floor. Rich is in our gallery just there. Uh, he's been waiting for this moment. I so. would... Uh, like I cast some serious shade when this was done in yeah so we've got a drone because it's Gav cut, cut my hands himself. yeah Gav cut himself on this drone so yeah. I, I, this can I just say for the record I'm against this this section uh, right now yeah I'm not a fan because of this of segment already yeah well I mean what what's what's going to happen Gav so Rich is going to fly this drone around and see how it goes so if you're listening to the podcast then you should definitely watch the video this is a little reminder that we do a video of this podcast all okay. the time oh that's very good it's yeah, like a trailer exactly. little like trailer. A trailer so if you want to see what is about to happen then Watch the video. Rich, start the fans, please. It's, it's not working. <laughs> this is, not really, this I knew this would happen. I don't know why we do this. this is why isn't it working, Rich? Quit droning on. Hey! Rich, come inside here. Maybe it's maybe it's like a, Rich. a frequency thing. You got oh, it. Oh, God. Right, so this is going to record stuff as well. This is effectively dead air. Yeah. Well. And dead air is a crime. Okay, it's on. Okay, there we go. There's the drone. It's about 800 quid. So actually, if you're looking to buy a drone... No, Rich! Light! (laughs) Rich, see if you can get it going past the camera. I imagine this sounds like an angry beehive to the listeners of the podcast. That's it. I'll tell you what it is doing. It gets quite hot in here, and it's actually making quite a nice breeze around my ankles. It's really close to your face. Yeah, it's getting near our heads. (laughs) I'm not sure Uh, I'm quite It looks like it's going to fire on Luke now. It does. I'm not sure I'm Uh, quite as sold on this. Like, my hands are still cut from it, so if it comes near me, I'm actually going to punch it, I think. I mean, basically, it's almost like they've made a drone that you could buy and use yourself. It's not going to be like, it's not like super expensive. As opposed to used to kill people. It's well, yeah, because they'd always been really, really expensive, but this is about 800 quid. And oh, yeah, pocket change. Well, it's all right, isn't it? And you stick your iPad in it, and you control it using, like, this amazing Don't little hit controller the camera. thing. It's vaguely terrifying when it hovers up, and then Rich turns around, and it kind of looks me in the eye. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's going to fire on me. Like it knows. I don't, I'm not sure if I like it. I mean, but if you, when you pick it up as well, it, you think it's going to be super heavy. There's a lot of, like, polystyrene on it because, obviously, it needs to fly around. Yeah, it's made of fluff. Yeah. I, uh... Just out of interest, how long does this item go on for where yeah. we watch <laughs> this drone? Have we done enough of this? <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon we've probably done enough. I think we've probably done enough can you, la- can you do a safety landing? Over by me so I can switch it off as well and I don't have to get out. Oh, no. No, <laughs> I would just land it now because there's dead <laughs> there air There we go, there we go, there we go. Bring it down. No, this is not going to... That's nowhere near the... Go on. Come on, Rich, you can do this. Go on, Rich, you can do it. Not on me, just by me. That's it. Excellent, oh. Rich. Good. Well, uh, that's, that's time we're never getting thanks, back. Thanks for sticking around doing that, Rich. Uh, listeners, thank you very much for listening to that Angry drone. bees. To humouring <laughs> humoring us. Uh, moving swiftly on. So, bad things that happened this week. Um, other than that, obviously, <laughs> seamless. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my low that, light. That of the is actually my low right. light of the week. So, thanks, Gavin, since we do when that. Can you see the footage? It'll uh, be good. If I was here. If, I've if seen Rich it. remembered to press record. Um, okay, so uh, Hugh Jackman says that Wolverine, one last time. Is what he did. He had. Um, You're not explaining that very well. No. Basically, Hugh Jackman posted. Oh, so why is this in the shit thing that happened? Because I want him to do more. Forever. Yeah. He well. Okay. So a while ago, Hugh Jackman said that he never wanted to give up playing Wolverine. He wasn't okay. going to go full Downey Jr. on us, was he? He wasn't right. going to abandon us. He was the one we could trust. And now he's basically gone back on that and posted on Instagram an image of him that with the cap of his Wolverine claws with the. Uh, Caption, Wolverine, one last time. Um, Leading many to assume that the next film, which will be Wolverine 3, um, will be his final outing as Wolverine. The Wolverine films are absolute gash. Oh, they are. I absolutely hate them. But there's didn't weren't there mutterings that he might get involved back in the Avengers in some way, shape or form? In, like, all this... Mm. Civil War or whatever it uh, it's, it's more fan speculation and to yeah. be honest he's the biggest fan and he's the one that speculates on it <laughs> he, he on is. Instagram he says he you know we, we, I spoke to him and he says he'd love to fight Hulk he says he wants to see a, a Hulk Wolverine fight yeah. on the big screen uh, he said recently to Yahoo I think that he'd like to see him and Tony Stark having some banter because yeah. he's quite grumpy Hulk it's, and Wolverine in the comics are some of my favourite stuff like yeah. when they team up it's so good yeah they're is, both angry men yeah. I mean do we just think that they're just he's just kind of doing this then to 
gauge interest that he can then be like to Marvel or whatever, eh? Come on. What, do you know, um, yeah, what contract neg- negotiations? Yeah. And maybe that's him. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see him stopping playing the character anytime soon. No. Uh, so if he said one last time, I mean, that's him. He's shooting X-Men Apocalypse now, Exactly. Isn't he? So that's about that, surely. Well, apparently, according to the story, he one last time was in reference to that. I don't know. Lucy wrote it. Mm. Yeah, I would have thought that he's starting to shoot Apocalypse. Uh, he's but doing there's that. That he, I, But then I heard Mutterings he isn't in Apocalypse. Mm. Ooh, he's wow. not in Apocalypse. He's just doing Wolverine 3. Okay. And he's not doing any more cameos. Mm. If he leaves, if he stops playing Wolverine, who would you like to see play Wolverine? Um, we actually did a superhero show on this. Oh, really? So, um... Uh, he's dead the person that I want to see play <laughs> not Wolverine. helpful Chris who is it <laughs> not helpful uh, so actually so a lot before the superhero stuff happened in the late 80s um, yeah. you know what we've got now uh, they tried to get a Wolverine movie made the X-Men movie made starring Bob Hoskins as Wolverine shut up and I think that would have been amazing <laughs> you sounded slightly aroused then by that you he's, the, he's, the right, he's the right height and he's tough <laughs> oh my god that would have been awful <laughs> I, wanna, I mean I really want to see it yeah me too if we have any really talented people listening to the podcast who can make us like a fan trailer of Bob Hoskins as Wolverine please make that I choose really modern good. day cause light Jean-Claude Van Damme mm. I think I don't know well he's got like, hair who was it that was going to play him originally was it Dougray Scott it's like, yes it why, was. And why did he have to pull uh, out? Well, the story was Mission Impossible That's to right, yeah. uh, scheduling, which which may be true. Who's yeah. going to play? Douglas Scott was going to play Wolverine. Uh, who is kind of, of wolf-like that. in his yeah. appearance? Imagine like that is a big one. Though, as I always always remember, like reading. You know, when you read a story about a band that like the drummer left just before they hit big. Like it happened with like Green Day. That's like one that sticks in my head. Do you reckon Douglas Scott is like ah? Uh, X what? No, yeah. I'm doing film with Tom Cruise, yeah. so like that's that's me set for life, mate. Um, <laughs> so yeah, do your little comic book thing. It's a John Woo movie. Oh. Um, who would you like to see play X, uh, Wolverine? Even oh, um, Andrew Lincoln. We had a, a quite a bit no, of mail say they'd like no. to see Andrew Lincoln play him. Which one's Andrew Lincoln? He's in Walking, Walking Dead. Oh God! To be, in, honest, to be honest, he was in Teachers, right? We did yeah. loads. Me and me and Dan went through loads. Just go and watch superhero show. Yeah. Just go Google that. Excellent. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of any that we said off the top of our heads. <laughs> Good. Another rubbish thing that happened this week then um, is that Kojima's uh, logo was taken off to Silent Hills and PT's website. So Silent Hills is the Guillermo del Toro game that he's that was working on with Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, and Norman, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead as well. So it was an amazing trailer last year. Did you see the trailer? Because I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because I know you're not that into video games, but mm. I'd like you to play this game to see what I'm you think for, of I'm it. I'm up for horror yeah. and I'm up for GDT. Uh, I mean, it's, it's generally like one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Yeah. <laughs> like game, film, anything. It's yeah. horrible. You don't need to say anymore. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was an amazing collaboration. And yeah. then because of all the Kojima stuff that's going on with him and Konami, his logo has been taken off uh, his logo has been taken off the website. The Fox Engine logo is still on, so they're still they're still making it, still working it. Whether or not Kojima's involved, I don't know. Which means, if I was Guillermo del Toro, I'd want to be working with Kojima. Mm. If Kojima dropped out, that would then suggest that Del Toro, because he's quite a funny guy, Del Toro, and he's quite he's quite particular. Yeah, I mean, he walked away from his own game because he it wasn't it wasn't working. So he walked away from the Hobbit when it wasn't working. Exactly. So. I don't know, I really wanted to see a Guillermo del Toro game, and this is the closest we got to it. If if Kojima walks away, does that mean he walks away? I really hope not. You know what really um, worried me about this? Because Konami released a statement. So it's the same kind of thing that happened with the Metal Gear stuff. But Konami's statement when it came out very specifically said, and the statement they sent to us Mm. about this, it very specifically says, you know, it's just part of rebranding, we're just doing it as part of thing. Uh, Hideo Kojima is still working with us on the Metal Gear franchise, you know, please stay tuned, be excited for further announcements. yeah, and it says he's working with us on Metal Gear, and it doesn't mention anything to do with Sun Hills. That would be really I think sad. I might have Del Toro's email address. I'll try really? emailing him. Drop him a line, yeah, see what he says. I think it's from years ago, and I don't think he ever responded to me ever. <laughs> I only emailed right. him maybe once, but... But it was a picture of yourself in the, like, just lying up. What's up? What do <laughs> no, you think about this? Head, uh, like a headshot. Hey, <laughs> Bynot, you know. Hellboy? <laughs> Hellboy 3? Um, okay. That makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, what also makes me sad. Now, I'm going to run through this whole story because this has been weird. Okay. This has gone um, on for years, isn't it? Yeah, because I don't know if anyone else cares about it. I always write it up on IGN. But I don't know if anyone else cares. <laughs> yeah. I like Queen. I like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And they're going to make the movie. Mm. Uh, they spent years trying to do it. And Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Freddie Mercury. And I remember when that news broke, everyone was like, yes, that yeah. makes sense. Like, he's... He's got flamboyant, he's charismatic, he can, he he can pull like this off. He looks like him as well. He can, yeah. facial hair. he can totally pull this off. 
Uh, because you've got to be larger than life. Yeah. And Sasha Baron Cohen is larger than life. Then uh, they parted ways, the film and Sasha Baron Cohen. Now, as I understood it, it was because they weren't going to do a warts and all because Freddie did a lot of drugs. Yeah. You know, he's had a wildly promiscuous sex life, mm. really insane parties. And I think I heard that it was going to be, you know, a less, a very sort of, less exciting version of that story okay uh, and for that reason Baron Cohen didn't really want to do it yeah now looking at some quotes from back then apparently um, the the band member said at the time the reason he left was Brian May said in the end we felt that his presence in the movie would be very distracting what uh what led us to that conclusion was the last three movies that he's made The Dictator Les Miserables and Hugo which is quite damning of his last three films basically yeah they were, they were kind and, of and Roger, Tra- Roger Taylor said we didn't want it to be a joke we wanted people to be moved so th- I think he's a professional kind of, actor playing yeah, characters I think their implication was it's never not Sasha Baron Cohen when you see him which I think is unfair as, as you say yeah. I think he disappears into his characters 100% it's just quite broad a lot of the stuff he's done yeah, but uh, so. that's no reason to think you know it's like saying Peter Sellers can't act I, yeah yeah, I mean, I, th- I guess what the, I guess their theory That's is that mad. he might be a caricature rather than maybe a character, which but, is like Sasha Baron Cohen is one of the, like the smartest comedians working, I think. So I mm. think he wouldn't have done it if he was going to go up like I'm going to dick about doing that. I'm sure yeah. he was going into it thinking well, he I'm takes everything serious. very seriously. Exactly. Um, and That's so really uh, Ben Whishaw got the part, which oh, was cool. a less of an obvious fit. Mm. But nevertheless, like, he's a really sure. good actor. Yeah. He, no reason why he couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Well, then this week, uh, the news broke. Uh, it was the band's manager was given, being given an award. And the okay. quote that I think the Daily Mail quoted, they said, you've probably followed the saga of the famous Queen Freddie Mercury biopic, which has been developing in Hollywood for the last seven years. An important breakthrough is that we have now managed to persuade Sasha Baron Cohen to write, produce and direct the movie. Excellent. And he has also agreed to star. Brilliant. So we ran that story. Uh, it, that story went everywhere. Yeah. And then the next day, Brian May <laughs> went on his blog and said, yeah, not so, not so fast. <laughs> he was joking. And then I went back and looked at the original quote. Yeah. The original quote, which the mail didn't print, was, um, we've now managed to persuade Sasha Baron Cohen to write, produce and direct the movie. And he's also agreed to star in all four major roles. Uh... He was joking, but they cut that bit off and made it sound like it was true. <laughs> Everyone, oh, everyone covered it. I got a lot of time for that. <laughs> oh, mate. So basically, like, oh, you've missed out a bit here. I think people might might misconstrue this a bit. Should we should we put all, all of it in or just cut it off? Cut it off. It's fine. Yeah, it It'll works. Right. It works. So basically, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen <clears throat> will not be writing, producing, directing, or starring <laughs> in all in four major roles. The Freddie Mercury movie, and we don't know what's going on. As far as oh. I know, last we heard, it was it was Ben Wishaw. So I oh. know that may be sad because I uh, think that's yeah, going to be a, that could be a really fun movie. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I I saw them. At the O2 when they came with Adam Lambert. That's not seeing Queen. That's yeah. not seeing Queen. That's oh, seeing no. Adam Lambert. Yeah. He's a very good singer, but who's not pretty much. It was. I watched amazing. the really good. Um, it was amazing. The really good BBC documentary about Queen. I think, like, obviously, I I was born in 1985, so came to Queen. I didn't Obviously. come to didn't come to Queen till much much later. Yeah, yeah. And thought, yeah, this is amazing. It's really good guitar music. Then I watched the documentary, and when you realised that, like, people didn't think people really went off Queen like massively and like just thought that they just weren't cool at all yeah. and mm. they were sort of like even though they were like hammering out these albums people were just sort of like the, mm. through most of the 80s certainly yeah. the late the last five years of the 80s from like it's a kind of magic onwards they yeah. were a bit of a joke really yeah punk came and punk came and destroyed them yeah. a little bit and they were just seen as part of the establishment when they'd yeah. originally be anti-establishment and then like Wayne's World helped bring them back yeah and it was voted the best song of all time Bohemian Rhapsody and then like the last album they did it was kind of and especially around the time that like Freddie was dying yeah. um, they were kind of back then and okay. then they've never right, really gone away but yeah no I remember that because mm. I was I, I was buying the albums when I was a kid Yeah, it's a kind of magic and mm. the miracle and all that kind of thing but yeah that's a bit of sad news yeah, it's sad news have we got any happy feedback we do so actually the first piece of feedback is from a long time listener called Alex Simmons yeah uh, that confused me when that came through yeah so a uh, friend of the podcast owner of the podcast um, <laughs> oh, Alex no. Simmons um, so he said after all the chatter bollocks about Bloodborne on this week's podcast I thought it might be a good game to play with my six day old son we tried Mario Party 10 but it was too scary so hoping this might be more suitable Alex Simmons from Sleep Deprived Limbo Bless him. so that's where Alex is at the moment 
Yeah, he's with a baby. He's with a baby. So that's, our, so that's our Alex Simmons. <coughs> that is our Alex. Right, Are you okay, sure yeah. though? It could be another Alex Simmons with a six-day-old. It definitely is our Alex Simmons because it has his little face on but it, the it Google came Mail. from his personal account. Is he not check, checking into his IGN account? No. no, he's deliberately not checking it. Why would you? Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, uh, so that's then, something you'll learn eventually, Gav. Yeah, it's taken me years to learn that. I oh, try really? not to go into emails in evenings or I've weekends. Got on my phone. Yeah, no, no I, I go in evenings and weekends. Yeah. If I'm on holiday. Also, it says A. Simmons 73. Was he born in 1973? Jesus I, Christ, I, Alex old, man. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't I really slay him wouldn't when he's not here. <laughs> I really... Because yeah, he, that's, that's the best way to slay him. Um, he can't, as, he can't as, defend himself. As evidence by this, he is <laughs> listening. listening. <laughs> so. And uh, it's pay, Again, re- pay review week. Yeah. Something oh, else no. you will learn. Um, <laughs> never mind. Well, if you have a chance to now. Um, but yes. All right, moving swiftly on then. And yes, uh, go we've got an that. email headed uh, parental guidance from Dylan Wynn. Recently, I watched a very brief discussion on telly about a Cheshire school that was clamping down on underage games playing. If the school discovered a child displaying behaviour representing violent or sexual themes found in video games, then they would report to their parents and possibly the, the police. I do think that more could be done at the retail end, both on the high street and digital distribution. I used to work at a retail store and I witnessed kids too young to play an adult-themed game, take the game to their parents in order to buy it. Yeah, basically asking, what do we think about that? I was on the radio talking about this. And yeah, this is, and this I've got, yeah. got an email Tilly's about got that as well, as well. Uh, from James who says, with the recent news uh, lately of school teachers reporting parents to those children that play a rage games got me livid uh, not at the subject itself as I agree that teachers have a duty of care but at how tunnel visioned and out of date certain parents and reporters are Yeah. and he says he talks about going to shops and hearing shop assistants saying that telling parents about the age rating and the yeah. parents saying that they'll play with the sound down or all his friends have it Yeah. and he says um, parents in this, ca- in this case have to blame themselves definitely yeah and, like so I was on BBC Newcastle talking about this mm. and the two presenters absolute idiots like they had no idea they were like why are you why are you playing video games in a dark room I was like uh, well I'm not playing video games in a dark room they, yeah they're, they're for kids aren't they like why is there all this like violent stuff in them they're for kids and like I don't really think they are for kids anymore and I was trying to have this conversation with them they just didn't understand mm. they were so out of touch and they I don't came, want to understand because no. it's less yeah. of a story then yeah exactly well. yeah and I came on just after another guy who said that he lets his nine year old play anything um, because he said there's a trust there between me and my kid I was like I don't trust you to have a nine year old kid yeah and he's like, oh, there's, there's worse stuff on Emmerdale than there is in Call of Duty. I haven't watched Emmerdale for years. No. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Yeah. No, it's a, um, it's a lie. And, you know, you can draw the comparison with films as well. We, we've yeah. had that, that problem comes and goes in terms of censorship. And I'm totally anti-censorship in every way, shape yeah. and form. But, but equally, you've, it's just got to be down to the parents. If you're a parent, that's, yeah. your, that's, you know, your job is that. I mean, yeah. the diff- as he mentioned, the, the whole legal case of it is it's illegal to sell a game with an age rate to someone under that age yeah. but there's nothing this the, the other point there's nothing illegal with them playing it that, like there is nothing in the law that says yeah, but how do, you, how do you police that though that's the point there's yeah. nothing in the law that says a 10 year old can't play it could be then oh it could be viewed as abuse or yeah. neglect or something like that okay right so and, yeah, that, and that's that, kind yeah. of and that's what the teachers are saying but yeah. for example you know if a 15 year old's playing a call of duty game mm. and they take it to social services in the law, social services then has to make a call. Is that neglect or is that, you know... Because mm. there's nothing actually yeah. technically illegal there because well, the Peggy rating yeah, is exactly. only for retail. They've been sold it. I think this is the point as well. It was like, I don't understand how parents can say, oh, I didn't know it was a video game. The Peggy ratings look exactly... We've got some boxes and stuff here. The, mm. the Peggy rating looks exactly like it does on movies and film posters. Because yeah. so they te- standardised it, didn't they? Yeah, recently. so parents can't live by the thing, oh, I didn't understand. You know, it's like, It says 15 or 18. If your kid's not 15 or 18, shouldn't be playing that game. You definitely shouldn't be buying for it. Yeah. For it. Mm. And I mean, we've, all, we've even got that, um, you know, a lot of the consoles now even have mm. built-in parental controls where you can lock it so if there's a certain age rating, yeah. you can't play it. If a disc goes in, they can't play it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... It- it's tough. It's tough because I think parents maybe need to be educated, and obviously I don't think the kids are going to be the ones to educate them. No, definitely. But it's not. one of those things that these broadcasters, rather than going out and being like, "Oh no, well, it's yeah. game's fault," they should be like, "If you're concerned about this, this is how you can avoid it happening." Don't Job buy it for your kids. There's you know? a crazy case in America recently that I heard a fair bit about because mm. I knew some people vaguely involved in it. Mm. <clears throat> but there's a film called The ABCs of Death 2. Yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, it's a sequel to The ABCs of Death. Yeah. <laughs> I've reviewed both movies actually on the site. It's I love tw- the first tw- one. Yeah, 20... How many? How many letters are there in the alphabet? 26. 26 short films. Yeah. Uh, all horror. All yeah. horrific. Each beginning with a different letter of the alphabet. And... Um, a teacher played that, it was like the end of term, played that to her pupils who were, I don't know, 12, what? 13. That's a bad um, <laughs> And 
She said she didn't know what was in the movie. She didn't know the content. She thought of the it movie. was ABCs. But apparently, yeah, <laughs> apparently she played it like three to two or three classes during the day <laughs> and she was in the room and yet she she didn't pick up on I mean it's really shocking like the grim. I, I've watched it with sitting with the filmmakers at the premiere and all of us it's like trying to get through it it's quite hard work because oh. everyone's trying to top everyone else yeah. all the other directors um, but I believe that teacher should have been heavily reprimanded yeah. and potentially lost her job. Definitely lost her job. But she's gone to prison, which equally <laughs> oh, I shit. think is way too much. Like I think that's going to another extreme. <laughs> How long? Uh, I don't know. It's like 60 days or something. Like, I, can't, I wish I brought the details with me. But so I, my, my, my friends Ant and Tim produced the movie. Yeah. And I've got to, through the horror circuit, I've got to know a lot of the directors and they're yeah. all like, Christ, like we feel responsible for this woman going to prison. They're all like, we're against what no. she did, but we're also against this. <laughs> going this. to prison, draconian. and it's the same that the video nasty stuff in the UK in the early eighties. There's a yeah. great documentary um, directed by Jake West about video nasties, and and back in the early eighties, <laughs> if if you rented, yeah. this is a fact. If you rented. Uh, evil Dead to someone over the age of 18 because yeah. it was banned by the video nasty things you'd go to prison for longer than if you sold them cocaine that's amazing Evil Dead which is now considered one of the great horror films horror comedies as well horror People comedy was, yeah you know there were some nastier films than the video yeah. nasties but nevertheless yeah it was it was considered a much worse crime to, to, to sell that or rent that to someone over 18 who's an adult you see that thing is though that is idiotic that's yeah fun. yeah I mean, that's an extreme no one's at fault there Sh- the teacher is definitely at fault teacher's here. definitely at fault it's just I think I think the, the you know what she's been yeah the, the, how she's been dealt with by the court is yeah. maybe too far well one of the things about this so basically teachers are going to social services about this and they go okay this kid's been playing a video games I think one of the like out of all the comments I saw the comments that were the worst were people going it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. So services, a waste of time. The police is a waste of time. It's like, it, I kind of do agree with that. But at the same time, what can you do? If it, you know, if you've got a kid coming in going, oh, I've been playing this game last night where I um, shot a prostitute or something like that. Yeah. What can the teacher do? Because then, you know, I've got friends who are teachers and they say that some parents are absolute idiots. You're like trying to explain to them why they can't do this or they can't eat something or why they can't do that. And parents are just like, I have no idea. It's a very complex issue as well because we know as well when you're a kid, if you're told you can't do something, yeah. maybe you'll find a way of doing it. Or for yeah. me, it was, it was seeing films because yeah. games weren't quite as violent when I was young. Well, they no. were violent, but not as, as graphic and realistic. But, we, you know, we'd all, we'd all try to get the video nasties. My yeah. friend Giles, who I, st- to this day, like from, from the age of 14, he would get hold of video nasties for me yeah. to watch. I was 14, he was like 60. He works for a film company now. Yeah. I'm like reviewing films that he just horror films that he distributes yeah you, you you find a way and it's it's that's the thing you do always find a way and i think but I also i think like you know your yeah i like to say that you know your kids because the guy who was on the radio before mm. me said like, look i there's some things i won't let him play there's some things i won't let him watch but i know what he's you know I, there's a trust because yeah. i know what he's going to be able to handle yeah. which is fair enough and i think like my parents sort of had that with me like yeah. i watched american world in london every single day from like the age of like seven to like nine I carried the video around me at all least, the time at least now we don't know what went wrong <laughs> I was yeah. going to say suddenly it all falls into but place like I carried the video around me all the time and like I, I would take it to school and try to like try to watch it at school because mm. um, I was obsessed with the film I was absolutely obsessed with it but then I showed a kid who came over to my house I showed that to them and the parents went absolutely mental at yeah. my parents which I, at the time I thought oh I don't know what their problem is yeah. but yeah that's completely right because the, he couldn't ha- he really couldn't handle it and, like he was having nightmares forever well it's one of those like I mean I was playing Mortal Kombat from when I was quite young from when yeah. I was about like seven but my dad played it with me mm. and so you know it was one of those things but I do remember being I think 11 and it was end of term in school yeah. and everyone had brought in DVDs and stuff and someone had brought in one of the Austin Powers films yeah. and um, their mum had ba- and like someone else's mum had basically said you are not to watch those films they're filth yeah. and he basically put his hand up and was like we can't watch that because my mum says it's filth and so we didn't watch it and everyone laughed at well we were just kind of like Right. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, it's like it's it's one of those. Things. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get lots of emails from parents as well that listen. Yeah, to this. that'd be really yeah. good. It's, it's quite interesting. It'd be good to get. I mean, it's, we can say all this. None of us are parents. No, that's the thing exactly. that we know of. Well, yeah. I mean, mine- Alex is talking about playing Blood Bowl with his, with his six-year-old. So, I mean, what? Like, that's a, an entirely different thing. It, yeah. is a, it is a very interesting, complicated issue, which I think we can talk about more yeah. down the line. Definitely. Yes. So cool. And um, the next one then is about PS Plus versus Games with Gold, which is an um, Xbox's one from Davil Shaw. 
Sharp, friend of the podcast. So he said after a massive build-up to April and Xbox boasting about doubling the number of games for gold for April, what are our thoughts on the continuing inability to release at least one AAA game for the Xbox One? I think that Microsoft are insane. I don't understand how they can get it so wrong so when PS Plus again is so amazingly right. So just to um, remind people, so this month for, for April coming up, um, I believe it's Child of Light and Pool Nation FX on Xbox One. Um, and then there are two indie games on PS4, and then also Never Dishonored Alone and Dishonored. Uh, yes, but that's PS3. Oh, okay, right, yeah. So it's um, and then um, and then it's it's Never Alone. It's this whole thing. There don't really seem to be any AAA games that I've really seen on no. either. Either, um, which you know, I think is not that surprising at this stage in it the hasn't, game. Yeah, there hasn't been that many that they could release. It's like it's usually like a year or something like that. And afterwards. a lot of people are saying, "Oh, yes, no, but this." But, you know, they were doing it nine months after it on PS3. And I was like, yeah, nine months after the game release, but six years into a cycle. Like, yeah. you know, it was they were very much eking the last bit of life they could get out of it. I don't think it's something we should expect to see anytime soon. Nah, I'm all right with that. Um, so, yeah, no. It's, plus, the games they get, actually, I quite like. Yeah. Because a big, a big AAA game, like Dragon Age or something like that, I'll happily go and buy that for money. Smaller indie games where I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'd try that. I, I, you know, I wouldn't put down cash for that. But if I get it and really? I like it, I'd, yeah, personally, I think it actually is more likely to broaden my horizons by making yeah. those games free. Um, that's is, fair enough. I'm, I'm that's more, just my personal take on it. I'm, I'm much more inclined to buy like a smaller indie game that I would be like Dragon Age or something yeah. like that. Mm. Like I don't know. It's cheaper, I suppose, in it as well. They're usually like everything that's coming. All the indie stuff that's coming out on um, PlayStation. It's so interesting. They do some amazing stuff with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd much rather that. I want to play Ori in the Blind Forest, but yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. That's my next. Good. Have you got next? a fifth one there? Um, I haven't. For <gasps> I've skipped number. Here. No, he hasn't. It was underneath my number eight. Cav. Duck Hunt from Rubalin. Hi, guys. I've been a listener and a big fan for a long time, but I've never written in. My name is Ruben. I'm from the UK, and I'm currently traveling around the world with my girlfriend and loving it, although I do miss my Xbox. I was also wondering if you guys have done much traveling slash soul-searching, and if you've got any funny stories about them. Well, one, I wouldn't call it soul-searching. If you do, you're probably an arsehole. <laughs> arsehole-searching, yeah. which is a different thing. Yeah, I do quite a lot of traveling with work and stuff. I've just been to Iceland. For saw, what? Saw the Northern Lights. That was good. You went to Australia as well. You've been to... Yeah, it was less good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go travelling after uni or anything like that? Yeah, I've done travelling. Yeah, I've, I've, been all boy. I've been all over I'm the place. Travel boy. <laughs> um, I'm boy. I'm not going to just think of a story now, though. There are many stories. Yeah? Many wonderful times. Lots of toilet stories. No, they more happen in the office. <laughs> I think it's amazing that he's writing, he's listening to the podcast while he's traveling. That's I, really yeah, nice. that's great. Really cool. yeah. I think that's really nice. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm traveling, though. Yeah. It's a nice thing to do when you can't be asked to read and you've got long journeys. Yeah. Long bus and train journeys. Also, I guess if you're, if he's, I mean, it doesn't say where he's traveling, but if he's, you know, traveling to someone like Thailand, it's probably nice to keep your, like, a foot in the water of technology or something like that if you're island hopping, I guess. Yeah, so you have a, clue, have a clue what's happening when you get back. Yeah, but then if you listen to this, then you'd probably be like, oh, shit, I just wish I was playing Blood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or not, because rather it's stressing than, the hell out of us all. Rather lying on this amazing beach or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, but yeah, you, did you, sort your priorities out. Did you have a gap year or anything like that? I didn't have a gap year um, either before or after uni. Mm. But um, I would if someone said who's had a gap year, I would just put you down as a gap nah, year. Nah, because I'm inherently quite a lazy person. If I stop, <laughs> if I if I I'm like a, a, a shark. If I stop, I'll die. Right. So I just won't be able to. I've been traveling. I've been places though. I've yeah. been places. Yeah, I I've didn't have places. a gap year. I just went away for two months here, three months there. You went away to Between prison. jobs, between jobs. <laughs> between jobs. I was away for 18 months. Trying to break into journalism means there's a lot of unemployment. Yeah. yeah. Time. Where did I go? I, I, I didn't have to handle, I didn't have to be that unemployed for that long. I went to mm. South, Africa, uh, South Africa for three weeks at Christmas, which was quite fun. Yeah. And then Mexico for two weeks last year. That was nice. These are just holidays. Yeah. yeah. It's not really travelling. <laughs> it is really. Uh, I've got. Uh, enjoy the rest of your trip, though. Yes. Yeah. Keep, Tell us where you are. Posted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got an email from Kyle Barrett. Kyle Barrett. Good old Kyle Barrett. Yeah. Who says on last week's podcast, Ross asked you which video game world would you like you would like to visit. We've done this. We've done this item a million times. Yes, but he's on, just saying which one because we asked. Yes, but we have did, done it a million times. Oh, we have done it a million times. Uh, if I were to pick one, it would be Assassin's Creed Brotherhood's Rome. That's it. Because he's actually in. Because he's actually in Rome. Oh, okay. I'm currently in Rome. 
And while it is not the Renaissance, <laughs> we need to the start present betting day, this, uh, the present day <laughs> survivors. Back. Do you remember how I was still highlighting it at the start? It's yeah. possible I may have not. No, been. well, I mean, great I think stuff. That was quite cool. Everyone's, everyone's traveling around, so. Well, I quite, but this is the point. I quite like because um, I, I swear before my days on the podcast, there used to be a map where you know there where people wrote in from, and you used to. Yeah, but Carl wouldn't count because he's actually on holiday there rather than lives there. So you're yeah. a fraud. But I think you should dress up as one of the characters from Assassin's Creed, take a photograph of yourself in Rome, and send it to us. Yeah, and we will embed it in next week's podcast. Definitely, that is a promise, Kyle. Yeah. So Brock Smith, um, who is from the Grand Canyon State. Well done, him. He says, um, I have to put in my two cents when it comes to Tom Cruise running. So you were talking about Tom Cruise running, I believe, last we time. We were, yeah. And you <laughs> said he looks like a man who's never run before. Yeah. Nah, he's brilliant at running. <laughs> See, no, this, this is the discussion. Well, we are not having this discussion again. I will not get taken into this. He says, I can't say it doesn't look kind of funny, but there is a certain appeal to it. Possibly it's nostalgia. He also says, thank you for saying um, the One Direction was shit at go-karting. He found that very funny as well. Um, and he also is okay with Batman Arkham Knight getting delayed by a few weeks. Uh, the last thing he said is he's looking for suggestions for a PS4 wireless surround headset. I don't really use gaming headsets. I'm Turtle Beach. Clue. Yeah. <laughs> Turtle Beach is I don't the want to endorse any that I haven't like played yeah. with and I haven't played with any. So. I, I, well, I, do, I had one for Destiny that was a Turtle Beach one that was very nice. Oh, okay. Good. But, um, yeah, basically, Google. Uh, Ian Weir, who says... Can't believe that you described the Arrested Development 4 series as utter shite. <laughs> Again, guys. That was me. The way all the episodes interlinked was brilliant as usual. It was really good, but the rest of it, it just wasn't funny. Tobias trying to make a Fantastic Four musical. Job joining an entourage. George Michael invented Facebook. Every time I watch it, I see things I missed before. I would say Duck but I'm that angry right now. Shame on you, shame. Um, that those bits you mentioned are really good. I just I didn't find it enjoyable. I didn't think it was funny enough, and I didn't. There wasn't enough. What I love about Arrested Development, the first series, is like all the characters interacting. They'd obviously filmed these during all of their other like engagements. So there's a lot of time where, I, like, who wants to watch a 45 minute Lindsay episode? Nobody is the answer. <laughs> like, especially with a new face. Exactly. No, I didn't get through it. Yeah, neither did I. I got to episode eight, and I was like, you know what? I can't be. I feel bad saying that. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't started it out of fear because I'm. I was sad where it ended, but now I'm happy where it ended. I feel bad yeah. saying that because I have been working quite hard to get someone from Arrested Development on the podcast. Oh, uh, yes. And, uh, I'm, but I'm guessing they don't listen. Well, I'd like to see him or her. Him or her, good. Uh, I'm working on it, though. It could, or it this could... is the one they listen to to go, oh, I want, like, <laughs> they want me to go on this. Yeah. Let me just check out. Or last week's where... I <laughs> where, Ga- where Gav literally goes to town. <laughs> it, it, could, it could happen in May. No, actually, when I've met the person, it didn't. It started off badly with me just <laughs> me just a bit too pissed and slating their film a little bit. Right. Uh, we should yeah. just stop talking to people. Oh, we're not good at it. Oh, to each other. I yeah. shouldn't be allowed a drink. Uh, <laughs> this is from Alad John, and it's okay. entitled Tradel Time Bar. Hey. And he says, just an idea for the podcast now that it's in video Form, but maybe you could bring back Trade of the Week but call it Trade L Time Bar for obvious reasons. Just suggesting and would like to hear your guys' thoughts on it. I don't know what that is. So it's a very good idea. Email. So Trade L Time Bar was ages ago. Uh, when <laughs> Can I actually explain this? Because yes, I, I was away when this happened. Right. And I came back <laughs> and everyone would say Trade L Time Bar time. Yeah. And I it's time to thought, try and I, I just thought bar. I was being stupid so I didn't say anything and it was months until someone wrote in and asked what it meant and then yeah. Alex explained it I was like bloody hell like I've been sitting here just thinking I was an idiot or just not in the in crowd so they used to do this section of the week or section every week called trailer of the week where they'd play a little bit clip of it discuss it talk about how good it was cool and one <clears> week <throat> Alex it was just stuff was going a little bit mental with everything else and he was like right okay okay so now time for t- 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 time for trade L time bar and just like yeah his brain melted and, and he just said to it back he does say time trade L time, time bar time trade L time bar <laughs> as opposed to trailer of the week and it's just like and everyone's just like what are you having you a say? stroke like, I do think what? it was unfair that we called it that every week for like months and if you didn't have listened to that episode you didn't you know what we known. were talking about like me yeah. um, I think it was on our when we did the 200th podcast or 250 I think that was one of the yeah. we selected that as we well we did it was a, it was okay. a highlight so um, it's definitely in 250 I think, Troy, I think bringing it back wouldn't be a bad idea I feel like in part it went away because it was slightly more editing yeah. for yeah. Uh, the video you, you, you guys and yeah. so we thought eh, let's just drop that well we've talked about like you know I think we're going to have a serious discussion about like 
because we've all got ideas for these like funny little features <laughs> we're going to do every single week. And I think like your one is amazing, which is the out oh, this week. Oh, not oh, yet, okay, not yet, not yeah. yet, not yet. But I think like <laughs> there's a couple of people that come up with some really really good features. So I think you know we're going to have a bit of an overhaul or stuff. Yeah. So this... let, let us know if you wanted us to yeah. do a, do a trailer of the week. I mean, we talked about the Bond one, but we could play some of it. I remember Kills was always worried about doing something uh, visual in the for the audio one. But I listen to a lot of podcasts where there's mm. audio stuff happens, and yeah. you just. They used to kind of it like, is what it is. Like, you yeah. like trim it down so you didn't have to listen to the entire thing. Yeah, it would yeah. just kind of be a couple of the key sounds. Yeah. yeah. We'll, and we'll the music, leave that with us, but do let us know yeah. what you think, uh, lovely listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what's coming out this week, though, in terms of games and films. Cool. What games? Games. Just run through these. Yeah. Well, there's not, there's not a lot. So Dark, Dark Souls 2, 2 if you want it. Yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, which is amazing if you want that. But if you don't play Xenoblade Chronicles and you don't have a new 3DS and you can't play it. Yeah, so. you need a new 3DS for it. It's really good, though. So if you do get it. Yeah. I was going to run through mine as well because uh, the Water Diviner, Russell Crowe, whatever, <laughs> kidnapping Freddie Heineken. I want to see that. I think it looks boring. Uh, watch it and let's know what you think. Yeah. Uh, while we're young, really want to see no, that. Bone back. Don't fancy it. Uh, Blade <laughs> Runners back in cinemas. Everyone go and see that if yes. you haven't seen it. And if yeah. you haven't seen it, go and see it. I Final see cut. That. And the big one, Fast and Furious 7. Boom. Am I the only one around the table that's seen it? You are, yeah. I missed it. It's good. If you like Fast and Furious 5 and Fast and Furious 6, it's good. I didn't think it was as good as those two, but it's very much it's the same formula. You know, they've upped the ante. Yeah. What about the tribute to Paul Walker that everyone's going on about? The tribute to Paul Walker is very well done. Excellent. And they've asked everyone not to say much about it, so I won't, but... Yeah, you will Good. leave with a real lump in your throat. It's, oh, it's, it's no, very, no. It's, no, but it's very brilliantly handled okay. and very. It's not. It wasn't what I was expecting. I don't think it's what you'll be expecting. Okay. But yeah, it's it's dumb fun. Cool, but very fun. I can't wait. It's kind of our. That's kind of our level. If yeah. We're honest. So exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's it for this week. Any more for any more? Nope, not no, at all. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you for listening and watching and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut melanie linsky i wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet jason ritter i can break things and pick locks and kill people michael stuhlbarg the whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better ari grainer no don't whet its appetite what are you an idiot me justin bartha that's not just any egg cream that's a lemke's special and all narrated by the hilarious richard kind this is the story of harry dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.